Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we thank you for breaking into the darkness of our lives. In the incarnation, the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, give us confidence in him, not in our own strength. Lord, whether we're coming here on a high or coming on a low, God, would you help us to not look at ourselves, but to look to Jesus, our resurrected King, who loves us and looks upon us with mercy, even now, God. We thank you, God, for this moment. We thank you for new life in Christ. We ask, ask that you would guard and confirm and lift up and mature and grow and grow and grow into the image of Christ more and more every day, all of the disciples here in this room, or that we would grow up into the fullness of maturity in Christ from one degree of glory to the next. God, we need you to do that. We ask that in this moment as we reflect upon this night and this gospel that is good news to us, that you would uh, lead us a little bit further up and further in to your presence. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We all began in darkness. Every one of us, we began in darkness. The first nine months of our life were spent in darkness and water. Every one of us began in the warmth and safety of our mother's womb, submerged in the cleansing holy tabernacle that is woman. And then, through water and blood, we were born into the world. All of us, we were born into the world, and we took our first breath. Our lungs began to take in the wind on our own now to cry and to breathe. And just as we entered into the world and took our first breath, our relationship to water changed completely. Completely, our relationship to water changed. Water no longer represented safety and peace. We now sustain ourselves with air, with the wind, with the air around us, and water brings fear. The first time our parents gave us a bath and they poured water over our head in the kitchen sink, many of us rightly freaked out. Freaked out. That's, uh, that's not what you're supposed to do. We cried out to mom and dad as if to say, are you crazy? Don't you know how I stay alive, parent? Parents don't know how your kids stay alive. Just, just know that, children. We cried out, I breathe with my mouth now. Don't pour water on my head. This is what we all did. And as we grow up, fear of bath time usually subsides. Usually, not all the time, but it usually it subsides, which then leads to fear of shower time. Anybody there? Fear of shower time. And when that fear fades away, we're afraid of the swimming pool. And even after we learn to swim, and even if we've become experts at holding our breath 
and diving into the deep end to get the ring out of the bottom of the deep end, we, and you guys all know this feeling, we're still eager. We're very eager, and sometimes, you know this, when you're at the bottom of the pool, you're desperate to get to the surface to take a breath. We all know that feeling. We are all somewhere in that story in our relationship with water, and it exposes us. It exposes our fear. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you are helpless under the water, you're afraid. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's different for every age, but our relationship with water is complicated. Maybe someone is holding you under the water in your imagination. That's a terrifying place to be. Maybe you've lost your breath in a class five rapid. I don't know where you go, what traumatic memory you have in your head. Maybe it was bath time last night. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you are completely dependent upon someone else to pull you up out of the water, if you are helpless and you need someone else to rescue you from this breathless panic that we've all experienced, water is terrifying. It exposes our fear. From the moment we draw our first breath, we think that we're in control. We think that the breath that we breathe into our lungs is what we do to sustain ourselves. And from our first day, water exposes our self-dependency. That we think we can do it by ourselves. That we bring about the breath of life that we heard about in Genesis 1. We think that we have life because we breathe, but from our first day to our last, here's the good news of the gospel, God is the one who gives us breath. He is the one who sustains us in our fears. King David, I was reflecting on 2 Samuel 22. King David sings a song at the end of his life. And David, if you don't know the story of Scripture, he wasn't with Noah in the flood. David wasn't with Noah in the flood. He wasn't with Moses as the people of Israel passed through the Red Sea or with Joshua as they crossed the Jordan, and he certainly, fast forward, wasn't at the Jordan River with Jesus. So he wasn't in any of these scenes, but he sings this song at the end of his, as you guys know, very complicated life. A lot of ups and downs. David sings this. The Lord is my rock, and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. Of many waters. 
Don't you guys know what it feels like to drown over and over again? That's, that's maybe one way to describe life. That we are drowning in fear. We're drowning afraid because we're not in control anymore. How can we sing this song of faith like David at the end of our days? Well, it's not because of our own righteousness. It's not because of living some kind of magical, perfect life. To those who have just been baptized, and I'm speaking to you, August, and Aiden, and Annalene, and to you, Jonah. You might listen to a recording of this someday. I don't know. And to all of us, and hear me, all of us who have just been baptized, our life is but a breath. We are all just beginning. We're all baby Christians here in this room. To all of us, you have just experienced redemption for the first time with your body through the waters. This new birth. You were helpless without strong hands to draw you out of the water. You are now adopted sons and daughters of God. You've been given a name. You've been named. You've been given the title. You've been given the deed to the kingdom. This inheritance is yours, and you are called to grow up into this inheritance, to grow up into it more and more every day of your life. It is all yours, August. It's all yours right now in him. The whole kingdom is yours. New life is yours in Christ. Christ went into the waters of fear and death for you, and he conquered death by his resurrection. When you are born again, and you draw your first breath of the Holy Spirit, that doesn't mean that you will never be afraid again. It's actually, in some ways, it's the opposite. You will encounter more dangerous waves of death the longer you live, not less. You'll come against torrents of destruction, many waters. Lord, you deliver me from many waters that threaten my life, many waters. But you will not be alone. Jesus has gone before you. God is with you. The Lord is your rock. He is the Lord who gives you, you breath, His Holy Spirit. He is the rock, the source of water and life. From His side, blood and water flows for your redemption. You are not alone. And you are not alone because you have a new family. You've been adopted into a new family. You cannot grow up into Christ without moms and dads. It's impossible. You cannot know God without older brothers and sisters loving you over and over again, rescuing you from fears, rescuing from the waters. More and more as you grow, as you deepen in your baptism, you're going to lift up brothers and sisters around you. You're going to share what has been given to you. You're going to confess the faith. You will teach brothers and sisters about the good news of Jesus. And so August and Aiden and Jonah, my little men here today, 
Jesus has redeemed your body today. He's redeemed your body to guard and protect. That's your job. To wield the sword of the Spirit, Holy Scripture. You are called to be strong and to serve and to lay down your life over and over again, rescuing those around you who are in the torrent and to protect those who are smaller than you. August, I want you to protect Aiden when you wake up someday. <laughs> Aiden, I want you to protect Annalaine. God has redeemed your body. Guard and protect your sisters and your brothers. And to Annalaine, my sweet little girl, and all the girls who have just been baptized here in this place, Jesus has redeemed your body to guard and to protect, to be strong in the scriptures, to nurture new life, to bear Christ in your body and confess him, to confess him over and over again. God has saved you. All of you here this morning, or this evening, it's almost this morning, God has saved you, and he will daily save you. He must daily save you from the torrents. He must finally save you in the end, in both your body and your soul. And this is what is promised to us in our baptism, in the resurrection. This is the hope of the resurrection. It's our baptismal inheritance which we were all given the deed to when we entered into the waters. Jesus' body was baptized into the waters of judgment and raised to life for you, Christian. He has redeemed you, body and soul. Do not be afraid. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.